Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the QuickBlock podcast. For those of you who have tuned into all four of our episodes so far, thank you so much for putting up with us uh, for the entirety of the podcast so far. We really appreciate it. For those who are listening for the first time, we welcome you and we thank you for listening uh, and for tuning into the QuickBlock podcast. Um, my co host, as always, Nash. How are you going, man? How was your weekend? Yeah, pretty good. IPO started, so pretty stoked yeah. about that and really excited to preview and review the matches that have gone by. So really excited, looking forward to it. Thanks. Are you short on sleep at all or what? Um, yeah, a bit, a bit. And it's it's always um, with the IPL in Australia, we, we starts at 12 o'clock, finishes at four. So, But mm. it's fun. It's fun. Um, the games we have had so far and it's been, it's, it's a long season ahead. So yeah. Yep. Late night coffees, man. Um, yeah, definitely. So more of those to come. Um, so yeah, so in this episode, we'll review what's been happening so far in RPL 2021. We have a key question about AB de Villiers. Is he the best all-format batsman ever? Um, that, that's a, a topic of conversation we'd like to discuss today. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing AJ Tai from the Rajasthan Royals ahead of the Royals' first game against uh, Punjab Kings. Uh, so it was a nice chat with him there. Uh, we'll also discuss some of the Aussie domestic cricket. We had the Marsh Cup final that just uh, went by over the weekend, and we've got the Sheffield Shield final coming up. And then we'll finish off with Ask Crick Blog, where we answer some fan questions. So, Nash, without further ado, let's ask the question. Is AB de Villiers the best all-format test ODI T20 batsman you've seen? As an Indian, I'm going to get a lot of stick for this, but yes, he is. Yeah, and and I think will. a lot of Indians will agree as well that he is probably the best all-format batsman out there in the modern-day cricket because he he just plays effortlessly. He The way he plays, I mean, the guy played, what, a match, a competitive, organized match after five months after the last IPL and straight yep. away just ducked to water. So... Um, get, gets into the groove, just smacks the baller all over the park. And it, not only in T20, I'm, I'm pretty sure if he plays a test match right now, he, he will score a ton at least. He'll be good enough for it. And you say like your cop stick from the Indians, but India loves AB de Villiers. Definitely. And, yep. um, but I think for me, it's the versatility of the guy. Like we talk about five months, he hasn't played. And, um, you know, I can't, if, I can't hold a cricket bat after five months, you know, but AB de Villiers can come in and straight away hit 40 or nearly a 50 at a strike rate of 200 on a slow, tough pitch to see RCB pretty much home. It's, it's incredible, but it's, it's A.B. de Villiers' versatility. Yeah. He's the kind of guy who can hit a 50 ball, 150 one day, and then bat 200 balls to try to save you the test the next day. Yeah. Um, and it's his ability to sort of adjust across formats and produce the goods for his team whenever they need it. Definitely. I mean, the way he has performed over the years in IPL and the way, the way the Indian audiences have you know, warmed up to him and his uh, shot making ability. Mm. It's just magnificent. As you said, you know, all of India loves him and he is Bangalore's adopted son, if I can call him yep. that. So um, he will definitely retire in RCB going forward in a few years time, probably in more, more 10 years to go, maybe. And um <laughs> So yeah, just it's just the way he carries himself on the field and the way he plays his shots, the his shot making ability, his um timing of the ball, not only in T twenty, but in the longer format and the red yep. ball format as well. And 
it's also what he's done in India outside of IPL too. Like I remember one series that sticks uh, close in my mind is that 2015 one where yeah. Ashwin was spinning webs around the South Africans. The pitches were, were really difficult to bat on, but he was the one, De Villiers was the one to, to provide resistance right throughout the series, even more yeah. than the Indian batsmen as well. And, and that's that's the that's the kind of player he is, isn't he? Because yeah. we have seen him play um, a fifth one fifty in one days of forty five balls, and we have seen him play twenty two not exactly. out of two hundred balls in a Test match. So, and exactly. he he's done it effortlessly. He uh, probably not effortlessly, but he you know what I mean. Where he's just you know everyone just goes oh yeah because he's a a b w s. So you know he everyone just expects freak yep. things to happen when he's at the at the at the bat, batting mark yeah and it's the freak things that can it varies between as you mentioned batting over 200 balls to save a test or, or smashing 150 in no time yeah the 2018 so we talk about india and australia touring south africa early in that year remember it was de villiers who was the key difference in both of those series yeah Australia tampered with the ball when de villiers and markham were going brilliantly and we couldn't find an answer it was de villiers who was even with a lack of cricket back then, still dominating. So yep. um, it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to to see him still go around and do very well. I said RCB won't do particularly well this year, but I could easily be wrong, as I mentioned. But I want to see them do well for the sake of De Villiers. Well, I'm, I'm pretty safe with incredible that. Player. I'm I'm pretty safe with that, to be honest. So far, man. <laughs> It's only one game. It's only yeah. one game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you may be right eventually because it's RCB. Oh, look, but... you know what? Speaking of RCB, Harshal Patel, absolutely outstanding yeah. in his first game for the franchise. He made a difference, especially at the death. Yes. That's where Royal Challengers Bangalore, I thought, are going to struggle this year. But if they continue to produce those sort of performances, they're going to win a lot of games. What did you make of, you know, that slower ball he's got? Yeah, definitely. It keeps on you late. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to bowl that one the back of the hand and the way he yeah. just bowls that it's um, obviously he has practiced it so much that he can master it in a game as well and to do it so frequently in the death is against a franchise side like Mumbai it's absolutely brilliant and I think he's the one to look forward to this this season as well because he he will absolutely. be that difference yeah. in the death overs that RCB have not been able to find for so many years if he is that difference then with the batting you uh, ICB have got and, you know, the power play bowling and, you know, the, the ability to good, good luck, to good luck to all of the seven teams. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's about maintaining that consistency and, and yeah. doing it on the better batting pitches later in the tournament as well. So yeah. that's one to keep an eye out for um, Nash. Also your prediction of CSK finishing eighth. Are you sort of, you know, pumping your arms out and kissing your guns at the moment and saying, look, <laughs> look, I, I absolutely, you know, adore Tony. I love Tony yeah. as an Indian and what he has done for the sport, uh, Indian sport, especially Indian cricket over the last few years, it's been brilliant, but I just don't see that happening this year. I don't know why my heart says just no, please. That's not mm. happening because, because obviously Sam Curran played brilliant, played, played a brilliant innings and, you know, they, but they need someone. Uh, maybe when Ngedi comes back, maybe that will be the difference, but I, I honestly don't see that happening. Yeah, it was a clear approach from CSK, I felt, to sort of take a lot more risks, especially yep. in the middle. Um, and they had Moen Ali and the like going really hard there. But the bowling really looked to, to struggle. That's um, right. So that's going to be an area that they've got to look at 
for Delhi Capitals, I thought it was an impressive performance by them. Um, when you've got Rabada to come in and then uh, and Rick Nortkia as well, I think will come into that side too. When you see Shaw and Doan in that kind of form, sort of sets the tone for like Pant and Stoyness and these guys to go big. So uh, what do you think about Delhi after that first game? Has your opinion on them started to shift a little bit or... As you said, as you said, it's a long season, so um, yeah, it, it applies to it, it's, it applies to everything, doesn't it? But um, it's so easy to think, get carried away, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> I think that's yeah. what that's what Australian spectators missed um, when it comes to Prithvi Shaw this time, because um, that's when he, when he's in the runs, that's what he can do. You know, that's the kind of cricket he plays, where it's just um, fluent innings, shot after shot. You know, here on the offside, he can play. Uh, anywhere as well so um it's 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 he's the talent that um at the top of the order delhi will love to have and then obviously couple that with shikhar dhawan who is the probably the veteran yeah. in the side and absolutely absolutely love that they'll love that um club right now but again as i said new captain a long season yeah. ahead and um just time will tell when Rabada comes in, when Nokia comes in, just, uh, yeah, just time will tell. Yeah. Um, it seems like Pritby Shaw has sort of flicked the switch between 2020 and 2021. He's sort of been outstanding this year so far. So kudos to him and hope he continues to do well. Um, um, but again, sorry, Tom Curran played. Why? Why? Didn't, yeah. Obviously they don't have, obviously they don't have Rabada and Nokia to play but do you really need to play the fourth overseas if you if you have tom curran in your side does tom curran have pictures of anybody <laughs> maybe maybe but <laughs> if if tom curran had pictures of rishabh pant rishabh pant will probably, <laughs> probably be going okay show it to everyone i don't, I don't mind. want to see those pictures so, <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah i don't know what's happening yeah. there. again again it's that potential that he's got in the death to hit a yorker and take wickets Again, I think he was quite economical in his first three, but then went for plenty in his last yeah. over. And that was sort of the case in the India series as well when he was playing yeah. for England. And got hit by I think his when the two South brother, Africans come in. Got hit by his own brother for like, you know, yeah. 20, 20 or one over. So, yeah. There had been a bit of banter there afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when the, when the two South African quicks come back in, there won't be any problems there. Um, third match, Kolkata Knight Riders. Beating Sunrisers Hyderabad, who yeah, we had, we pretty... both had SRH in our in our top four. I, I don't think that'll change. I think they've they've got a lot of improvement in them, and they'll learn a lot. Hmm. But one thing I will say is Abdul Samad. They've got to look to find a way to bat him higher up the order. I was full of praise with him, or full of praise for him before the tournament started, and saying he needs to be in that team. But if you're going to bat him so low when the game's nearly over, it's no point. He can he can hit a long ball. He's got. A lot of hitting potential, but if he's batting eight or nine balls, you're wasting him, man. Yep, and that's what happened last season as well, didn't it? Yeah, because where he'd, yeah. he was coming down the order and he would hardly get 10 balls to face, and then he would still do a pretty good job. But it's, it's his, his whole potential hasn't been unlocked, as you said. He needs to bat probably before Mohammed Nabi or you know, even Vijay Shankar. We, even Vijay Shankar was sent ahead of him. I don't know why. But... That, that's, a, that's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what's David, what, what David Warner, Lakshman and... Um, I think that's why I woke up during the night feeling uncomfortable. I woke so, up during the night feeling uncomfortable. That's, <laughs> more, that's why Abdul Samad coming yeah. in after Vijay Shankar in a chase like that, where the top order really struggled. They struggled in the first yeah. six overs, Sunrises. So, you know, once you set that platform with Bairstow, who was playing beautifully, 
Manish Pandey was going well. Have that preem- uh, sorry, um, Abdul Samad there to sort of change the game a little bit. But for Kolkata, that's a very good start from them. Um, yep. The first team to successfully defend a score in the tournament. And that's not an easy task. Um, Nitish Rana, there's a stat. His last six yes. innings, it's either been duck or a 50-plus score. That's incredible. Duck first, ball. first time. Duck first ball. Duck first ball as well. So the next game, don't pick him in your fantasy teams. Um, but yeah, that's some some crazy stuff. But I think when you – I tweeted today that if you've got Nitish Rana playing well and you've got Rahul Tripathi playing well, that's a good thing for KKR because you, of all the talent you've got around them. So yeah. good start for them. But they want to – like last season, they were so inconsistent. So they want to guard against that this season. Um, what yeah. did you make of, of their performance? And, and we have to remember that Shubman Gill hasn't got going. He played two Correct. brilliant shots, one um, flick through the midwicket region, and that was as sublime as it gets, but he hasn't got going. So he probably picked the googly from Rashid Khan. Um, and a quick shout out to the Twitter account Flighted Leggy for his brilliant. perfect, for his perfect um, discussion analysis. about the ra- yeah, 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 yeah. analysis of Rashid Khan's googly. And Probably Shubman Gill would have, would have seen that, but he, he, he was right in attacking Rashid Khan because that's what you do with a bowler like that. Doesn't, you, know, you don't see mm. off his four overs because those four overs go quickly and then you, know, you, you don't have a score on the board. So you have to attack ballers like that and you have to take them on. Where We have seen in the World Cup last year as well where Morgan took Rashid Khan on for you know, whatever, 10, 12, six, sixes, and he had no answer. So um, good, good. Um, tactic there from Shubman Gill, but poorly executed. And we have to still see um, full Shubman Gill on show. And I think we'll see yeah. him in the next game. But apart from that, Nitish Rana and Rahul Tripathi, brilliant innings. And obviously, Dinesh Karthik coming in again to um, finish off the innings with 22 not out of nine balls or 10 balls. Yeah. Brilliant. What, what, what do you make Karthik, of Dinesh Karthik? Yeah. That's I was saying to you before the tournament. In our KKR preview, I was saying Dinesh Kartik, number five, six, yeah. get him there finishing the innings because he's he's very underrated uh, white ball player for India. Yeah, I don't think right. he's been appreciated as much as he should be. So I think that could be a real asset there for KKR. And they've got a lot of that flexibility in their middle order where you can change different plays around um, according to the situation. So that's a strength of theirs and looking forward to seeing how they're going. But we saw last year they won some good games, but then they, they lost badly yeah. in others where they just weren't consistent enough um, and they ended up missing the playoffs. So consistency would be a key thing for them going yeah, forward. I really like the tactic from Morgan where he sent Russell in after the fall of the second wicket, I think, after... Um, yeah, that's the, flexibility. That's, yeah. that's the flexibility we talk about, depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you know, you had a left-hander in at that stage where Tripathi was out. Uh, Nitish Rana was still yep. and then you can send in a right-hander kind of thing and Andre Russell you know not many better in the world than him um, yep. speaking of flights at leg is brilliant content that's a, a great example of fan generated content yep. um, and listeners would like to let you know that we have a very special feature coming out later this week with the cricket district um, they're the kings of fan generated content Absolutely. Um, very very fortunate to chat with Toby Marriott there so Keep an eye out for that on, on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You'll also see it on YouTube as well, like Crickblog TV. So yeah. if you if you did um, not notice during that interview, Shabelle, I was absolutely fanboying there for Cricket District. Me too, Toby. man. Absolutely awesome. love those guys. 
Yeah, yeah, and he 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 messaged me today to thank to thank me for for inviting him on again. Yeah. But you know, like, thank you for coming on and and you know, definitely giving us such a brilliant interview. It was awesome stuff. So guys, be sure to keep an eye out for that one. Um, that will round up our IPL discussion for this episode. I had a chat with with Andrew Ty, um, and it was it was awesome to get his insights ahead of the tournament in terms of his playing chances um, and what the Royals can achieve this year. So Shabo here from Crickblog Australia, and I have the pleasure today of interviewing a fellow Australian, Andrew Tai. Thanks so much, mate, for for joining me today. Um, pleasure. Uh, as the only Aussie in a squad full of Englishmen, how are you coping? Uh, and what's the banter like in the squad now that Smudge is gone? <laughs> no, it's it's good. Um, I've I've known Stokesy for probably oh good. 10 to 15 years, I reckon, um, from playing a bit of second team cricket up in Durham with him. Um, so yeah, like, I, I got along with hell, I got along with him like straight away. So that, that was pretty good. And then obviously now with Livo here, having uh, played with him at Perth, um, that's good. Yeah. And then, yeah, Joss is a great bloke. So luckily, fit in all right with him. And uh, the band has been pretty good. Um, yeah. It's only been over Call of Duty at the moment since I've been here because I'm still in isolation. Yeah. But um, no, it's good. Thanks. It's a lot friendlier, a lot friendlier these days, given players uh, playing together in T20 leagues and stuff. Yeah, Doing definitely. Back is. in the days, yeah. Um, so, from a personal perspective, like it's, it's unfortunate run with injury for Jofra Archer, um, and can be a worry for the Royals, given how good he was last season. But for you personally, has this increased your belief of more game time this season, and has it changed your mindset at all when preparing for the campaign? Um, well, hopefully, uh, uh, firstly, I'd like, uh, I hope that Joff's recovering all yeah. well, all well. I saw that he's had a bit of surgery on his hand to remove some glass from a tendon. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's, he's good and he's able to come back at some point during a tournament, but yeah, you know, it, it's probably one less, um, one less spot for competition for me. So it probably does yeah. increase my chances of playing and, you know, I hope, hopefully if, if the coaching staff give me a go, I'm, I'm the right man for the job. And how has your preparation been for the season? I know quarantine makes it really hard. How do you stay match fit? Um, it, it's a tough one. It's pretty much just knowing that your body will be right. Um, yeah. You know, having having sort of played in a big bash and not, not played a game since, um, you know, I, I was training hard over in New Zealand with the Aussie teams and I've had two weeks at home quarantine where, uh, I had to keep on top of my, my fitness and stuff. And then I've had a week or a week and a half out where I was able to bowl again. And, and yeah, now back into seven days of quarantine, it, it certainly is tough, but yeah. um, thankfully my body's pretty weathered now and, and conditioned to, to playing stop starts kind of stuff. So I think it'll pre- pick it up pretty easily and, and I'll be right to go. Cool. And speaking of the big bash, speaking of your body, um, a lot more pace. In last season's Big Bash, um, I think one thing the listeners and viewers might want to know is what is your secret to that? Was it something that was changed at the Perth Scorchers or was it before that? Um, it was probably before that. It was sort of um, as we came out of, of lockdown sort of April, May last year, uh, it gave me a yeah. chance to to sort of really invest some time in some pre-season training and and sit down with the, the WA and Scorchers bowling coach, Matt Mason. And, you know, he, he really wanted to um, sort of increase or, or have 
changed my action with a view to increasing my pace. And you know, at first I told him, well, I'm 33, man. I don't want to change my action. Like, I don't want to get the yips. I don't want to. I was very skeptical, but yeah, I, I, I gave it a try and it, it wasn't that much of a change. Um, it, very, very minimal. And it just created a bit more lag in my arm path and, and then generated a bit more pace. So, um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it's been a very fruitful change for me so far. It's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much benefiting from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and from a personal perspective, how much is an Australian recall? I know you're in the squad for the New Zealand series, but for that World Cup later in the year, is that on your mind much, given your extra pace uh, and ability to bowl at the death? I'd be lying if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think any, anyone who's sort of in the frame or in the picture would, yeah. would would really be looking forward to it. You know, we haven't had a, a T20 World Cup for five years now. And, um, yeah, you know, Having, having been at the last one and not played a game, you know, I, I really wish um, that I'm able to be picked in the squad and and then play a game at some point. I, I feel that I'm as good as I ever was and, and able to, to, to provide a role for the team. Um, so hopefully we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then and a lot of cricket to be yeah. played. So um, although I, I have got one eye on that, you know, you, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. You've got to focus what's in front of you. I agree with you, mate. Anyone, anyone who says that it's not on their mind, I call them uh, fibbers. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, look, for Australia, from an Australian perspective, look, our death bowling is, is going to be crucial in that World Cup. So now those Yorkers and you never know what can happen. Um, exactly. So, yeah. So in terms of the Royals, um, your franchise, they've been the league's nearly men, I'd say, in recent years. Like, what do you think will be different about the Royals this season to go to that next level? Um, yeah, we've, yeah, well, we, we've got a slightly better or slightly different playing list this year. Um, you know, the inclusion of Chris Morris is not around us, Shivnam Dubai. Um, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, yeah we've few, managed that. Mustafa Zaraman is a decent pickup too. There's yeah, a few there. Few exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we've definitely got a, a, a few more pickups and, you know, hopefully, we can get the balance of the team right and really sort of um, have an impact. And, you know, I think the last few years we've probably gone into games a lot with our, with our batting relying on things. And there hasn't been, yeah. as we saw last year, there hasn't been much support for Jofra. Um, so hopefully now the likes of, of Chris Morris sort of playing that all-rounder with bat and ball, um, like myself, Mustafiza, Stokesy, Livo, Jofra, David Miller. Like, you know, there's definitely... Um, there's definitely the talent there to be able to get this team over the line. That's without even mentioning any of the local talent, you know, we've yeah. got some very, very good young Indian players come through and, and I feel they, they're ready to have big impact on the tournament this year. Have you had a look at any of the, the Indian guys coming through or you haven't had the chance to much yet? Um, obviously uh, everyone that was here last year, I've had, had a chance to have a look at. And I know pretty yeah. well, but you know, there's a couple of guys which I haven't had the chance to meet yet this year. And, and hopefully yeah. when I do, um, it, it, I'll be impressed. And, you know, I, I think they wouldn't have been selected if they didn't have talent. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, hopefully we've got the squad to, to get to the finals this year and actually win the trophy. And the talent in India is crazy at the moment, isn't it? Like um, they came here and won in Australia in the tests and whoever just comes into that side almost performs straight away. So, 
Um, there's a couple of yeah, young Indian seamers that have coming through for the Royals. And I think that's why I've got you guys like very close to the playoffs. I think you guys will make it fingers crossed. So, um, and another factor I consider in the playoffs race is like Kuma Sangakara at the helm. Have you had a lot to do with him so far? And if you have, um, what has it been like? Uh, I haven't had a great, great deal to do with him so far. Um, just a couple of phone conversations. Um, yeah. yeah. Basically introducing ourselves, um, getting to know each other a little bit. But yeah, the main uh, main time of that will come when, when I get out of quarantine and, yeah, and really get enough. stuck in. You know, he's he's got a lot on his plate with uh, with all the other players at the moment. So I'm just going to try and sit here and, and be ready for when he needs me. Yep. And in terms of, well, the IPL starts today. Um, and which teams do you think would be the most difficult to face this time around? Is it going to be Mumbai again? Or do you think there's another couple of teams to watch out for? Do you think... Yeah, definitely Mumbai. You know they they've got very very good Indian players, topped up with unbelievable overseas talent. Um, yeah. they're always up there. They're about same as Kolkata, same as RCB. You know they've added Maxi to that batting lineup now, so now in the top four batting, Crazy you're batting lineup. Co- yeah, you're going to have yeah. Kohli, ABD, and Maxi to contend with. So, yeah. um, yeah, anywhere you look, you look at Sunrisers, you know, they're always very, very competitive. You know, David Warner always sort of turns up and, and takes up a notch at this time of year. And, um, yeah, you can you look at Delhi. They had such a wonderful year last year. And, you know, you got Steve Smith in there now as well. So you can pretty much say any team has got a chance. And, yeah, they're, they're all tough. And But, yeah, they're probably the, the top ones for me. It makes a good viewing for the neutral. Um, so, AJ Ty, thank you so much, mate, for your time today. Um, I wish you all the best for the season. I'll keep an eye out for you guys. Um, the matches start at midnight here, but as a cricket nut, I don't care. I look forward to watching <laughs> you guys do well. Thanks, all right. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Appreciate it. Cool. So, thank you so much to, to AJ Ty for his time there. We wish him and, and the Royals all the best for the upcoming season. A time of recording, it's just before the uh, game against the Punjab Kings, so that should be an interesting game. So, Nash, now on to what's been happening in Aussie domestic cricket, um, and it's incredible that in mid-April we're still talking about Aussie domestic cricket, but um, New South Wales, another trophy in the bag for them, um, a victory over Western Australia. Um, and I know fans, even myself included, as a, as a neutral, I know I'm a New South Wales fan, but I try to look at it from a neutral perspective. Western Australia were packed with talent in this game and they had a great opportunity to win silverware here. What did you make of that? Firstly, acknowledging that Stark got a wicket, finally. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's all clap for Stark. Let's all clap for Stark once. And uh, yeah, finally, he got one in the first over. Um, shocking, shocking shot from Whiteman. Uh, I mean, mm. yeah, he tried to play it on the leg side and, you know, um, mm. got himself all castled there with an LBW. But Stark As if he was wicket. chasing 451 instead yeah, exactly. of 251. Um, yeah. But fi- yes, Stark got a wicket. So that's, that's that. And yeah, as you said, uh, Western Australia were packed with, packed with um, the be- some of the best talent in the country. I mean, they had Philippe, they had Darcy Short, they had Mitchell Marsh as captain, who actually dropped a catch, who actually dropped a sitter at first slip from Cameron Green's bowling. The poor bloke hasn't had a wicket, probably had one wicket. At a, I read somewhere that he's, he averages 400 
something in, in this domestic season uh, in all formats. So, yeah, and and he just can't catch a break right now. And then yep. you, you had Josh English, you had Aston Turner, who had, you had Ashton Agar, probably the best um, side one day side. Ash- Ashton Turner was batting at seven. And this yes. is a guy that remember we we won that ODI, ODI sorry in in absolutely brilliant fashion yeah, in, in yeah, India yeah. a few years ago. So, um, and, and very Ash- disappointing day from Western yeah. Australia. Ashton Agar was batting at eight. The guy opens in T20, so um, yeah, he's just just not a. It, the performance wasn't as clinical as it could have been because I don't think they realized they were playing a final, and yeah, uh, it there was just a a bit of I don't know if they were cocky uh, for some some reason I don't know why but yeah. A special shout out to Jack Edwards, though. Like he hasn't yes. had the best of seasons, but he's been a batsman that's been on the radar in Aussie cricket for a while, and there's been raps on him to come in at number five when he usually bats top of the order um, and score a hundred is fantastic because New South Wales were in all sorts early on, yeah. three for fifty in no time, and then he sort of held things together with Dan Hughes, who was struggling to get going, and then you know he struck at nearly eighty nine. 100 balls to get New South Wales over 250. Special effort from him. What did you make of his knock? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, you know, pretty incredible knock because the the situation that he came in that was probably not the best situation for youngster. Mm. Probably he he what he's 20 years old, um, hasn't yep. played a lot of cr- cricket at all, so hasn't had the best of the season. And to hit a hundred in the uh in in the Marsh Cup final against that kind of a bowling attack where. They had, you know, someone like uh, Berendorf, Green, Marsh, um, Guthrie, Agar in, in, the, in the side. So kudos to him. Really, really great innings. With But also a special shout out to Daniel Hughes. He stuck in there. He wasn't, he, he was really finding it hard to play, but he stuck in there. Mm-hmm. He scored a 50 of what, 102 balls. So just yeah. three boundaries in there. So yeah, really, really kudos to him and really kudos to New South Wales as well. Credit to Hughes, he's, that's just another part of his wonderful List A career. He's got yep. nearly 1,500 runs in List A cricket at an average of 56.88 and a strike rate of 87. Um, you know, he sort of flies under the radar, doesn't he, Dan Hughes? He's never he really does. mentioned in the in the chat of, of a national call-up or anything like that, but he continues to remain consistent, and that's to the to the benefit of New South Wales. Um, he does. And, and I think that's also because of his age as well. He's nearly 32 now so and uh, yeah as you said he's he's not in the reckoning as such for for a national call-up so yeah yeah so it's benefits new south wales um and speaking of new south wales the sheffield shield final is coming up uh, in a couple of days time i'm looking forward to that and for a change the weather in brisbane is expected to be good for for the most part um queensland though they looked stacked yeah they do i'm just looking at the squad and yeah, Kawaja starts as captain. Obviously, Bartlett, Xavier Bartlett, Joe Burns, who could finally get some runs. Um, Labus Kakni, Michael Nieser. They actually named their twelve, I think, today, and um, they also have um, Stan Lake in there, who is yep, Mitchell Swepson, Wildermuth, Steckety, Renshaw, 
it's, yeah. it's 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 absolutely stacked as that's, you said. That's a good side. That's yeah. a very good side. And there's a couple of players there that that you know be pushing their selection or their selection case yes. very very hard. Um, someone like Usman Khawaja will be really looking to to prove a point. Someone like Joe Burns will be looking to get back into that Australian side. But even someone like Mitch Swepson, who you know we got a question about him, um, and we'll cover it in the Ask Quick blog segment at the end. But someone like him will really want to continue to to put his best foot forward. And I, I'm looking forward to watching Bryce Street uh, go out again. Um, proper red ball batsman. That guy here will dig in and dig in um, and, and see the bowlers out. Speaking of the bowlers, I think um, New South Wales, they'll be led. Mitchell Stark is going to have to play a key role. He's had a tough, tough season. Um, do you think those wickets in the Marsh Cup final can sort of provide him with some confidence, do you think? Honestly, don't know, man. Um, it's yeah. it's Mitchell Stark right now. He's he's brittle right Confidence now, bowler, confidence yeah. bowler, man. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, I would yeah. really love to see Tanvir Sangha get a go, although it's highly unlikely because it's the final and obviously he needs the yeah. lines in there. But um, yeah, and Sean, obviously Sean Abbott is in is in not in you know pure form, but he is in good form. Um, you obviously have Jack Edwards coming off a brilliant hundred, so it's it's it, it's not looking good for New New South Wales. Look, I, I think New South Wales has some hope. Yep. Because for me, I look at say Mitchell Stark, Trent Copeland, seasoned first class performer, Trent Copeland, Sean Abbott, Nathan Lyon in there as well. Um, you know, you can probably add. I don't think Moses Enriquez is in the IPL now, isn't he? I don't think he'll be available. Nah, but it's yeah. also someone like Harry Conway, who's uh, got a good yeah. first-class record and he's very handy as well. So that's where they'll be looking to get Queensland. They, they want to bowl well as a unit to sort of overcome the strong Queensland that's batting right. lineup. Um, but New South Wales as well have shown a tendency to collapse with the bat throughout the season, so they want to avoid that. So to see the likes of Jack Edwards scoring 100 in the Marsh Cup, and then Jason Sanger scoring a century in the last Shield game against Queensland. Those are some of the positives that New South Wales will need to look at um, and try to build on for the, for the final because, as I mentioned, they've got a tendency to collapse and they, they do not want that in the final. And I think a lot will rest as well on Curtis Patterson. Yes. He's had a disappointing season. You know, when you look at, sort of before the test matches, then we had the shield break and then afterwards as well, he hasn't really found any consistency. So there's no better time than now to tell the selectors because there's some middle order spots for Australia there that I'm, that I'm there. I'm part of the conversation. Um, do you give New South Wales a I chance know, in this look, final? What, what, I, know you a, I know you're a new South Welshman, but so honestly, nice. I honestly don't. I can't be any nicer than that. Honestly, I mean, um, all right. Six. Anyone who's looking to be a co-host with me on this podcast, I'm booting Nash. I'm booting Nash off. But it's it's. It, I mean, obviously, you tell me that you can give a chance to New South Wales with that side of that Queensland side in front of them. Mm. I mean, it's not possible, is it? Because every one of those Queensland players are in pure form. I mean, how do you get yep. Manus Labuskakni out? How do you get him out? You know, even if you have Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Stark, he has faced some of the best bowlers in the last two years, and they haven't got him in, got him him mm. out. So it's just a matter, of, you know. I'm 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 predicting that it's going to be a minus hundred, a bit daddy hundred here. Yep. Um, look, I agree with you that Queensland are definitely the favourites, um, but because it's a final, 
and New South Wales have got have got players in there. Yep. Even the likes of Peter Neville, the keeper batsman, who's had success in shield cricket in the past. There's enough there to to challenge Queensland, but I I agree with you in terms of Queensland are certainly the favourites and they deserve to be. Yep. They've been they they've been outstanding all season, and but there'll be a pressure to finish that off strongly. There's always the pressure of a final. So if New South Wales can start the game well and get in, get in front, you can try build some pressure on Queensland. So that'll be the focus for the Blues um, starting off in that game. Um, so that was our discussion on the domestic cricket. There's been some international cricket going on as well. Um, South Africa very depleted. South Africa they pushed South Africa, so they put they pushed Pakistan all the way in that first uh, T20. So at time of recording, um, the first T20 was completed. The second T20 is about to begin. Pakistan in that first game, what did you make of them, Nash? Did you did you catch much, much of it? Did you think I, I did a it bit. was impressive? And obviously, Mohamed Rizwan at the top. Um, yeah, he's having he a good year. It? Yeah, the, the kind of form he has been in the last 12 months, it's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's all, he's overshadowing Barbarazam in that T20 side somehow. So it's it's mm. really difficult to do that right now. So, I mean, kudos to him. Really brilliant innings. From, he's not put a foot wrong this year. Yeah, Rizwan exactly. has been superb. Exactly. Yeah. And and honestly, Pakistan being Pakistan, they had a, they had a bit of shaky... Um, middle order there. Where, they were very shaky in that game. Yeah, yeah. They they did. They won look the like, they won the death over periods. They won the death over periods. Bat and ball. That's South right. Africa that's really right. let themselves down in that period. In those both both those periods. And that was the inexperience coming through. But Pakistan, I feel, I think they should be dominating this series. Yeah, that, that's and, just and me. What what did you think about Shaheen Afridi going for almost eleven and a half? Yeah, that was hours. a surprise. That was a t- yeah. that was a tough day for him. Tough day for him and. Credit to the South African batsman. I thought Aidan Markram, he's sort of showing the form that he's capable of. Hopefully for this, from a South African perspective, he can build on those starts a lot more. Um, I think Yaniman Malan is looking good too. Anrik Klassen playing well there. So I don't think it'll be easy for Pakistan, but I think they should still be doing better than what they did in that first game. And they, were, they, were, they were a bit sloppy with the ball. They were sloppy with the bat in the middle there as well. So they want an improved performance because this is a big year for them. Yep. It's a very competitive T20 World Cup. And we all know Pakistan's unpredictable, but they need some predictability and they need some consistency in their performances because they're playing against teams that are not full strength. Yeah. And and they're often full strength. Yeah. So they should be dominating. But the highlight, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but the highlight of the game was for me was um, someone nicked off Shamsi's shoes after his celebration. <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. I saw that and I laughed my head off absolutely for like 10 minutes. He, he celebrated and someone, I think it was uh, Markram or George Linde, I could not make out, but they, yeah. they nicked his shoe off and they put it inside their shirt and they just walked off and Shamsi <laughs> for five minutes searching for his shoe. I, I, it was absolutely brilliant. That you, that's the kind of thing you love yes. cricket Yeah, of course. Um, I think one day an opponent will get sick of it and they'll chuck it. They'll get the, the shoe and chuck it into the into the empty stands. Um, <laughs> if Tabra Shamsi becomes CEO of Apple, I think we know what kind of phone will come yep, out next. Definitely. Um, that celebration is weird <laughs> because the commentators as well are saying, "Oh yeah. no, what's this?" Yes, yeah. <laughs> some funny stuff there. Um, At least he has, do- he has stopped doing his some magic shit that he used to do. 
um, where he used to just take something from his pocket and take out a sword. I don't or something know, man. That, I, would, I think I'd rather prefer the magic shit than the shoe shit. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see yeah, what happens, bro. I don't know. Um, yeah. So more international cricket uh, in the women's game. So I've talked quite a bit in the past of the Australian women's side um, and how impressed I am with them. Um, and they were outstanding in the ODIs against New Zealand, swept them 3-0 um, after a drawn T20 series. Again, Nash, we just talk about this team's depth. Yep, 24 you know, wins, it, I think it's now, 24. Um, 24. Uh, I don't even want to bet where, when they will stop. So that's that's you can't guess that they can go on and on and on. Um, it's it's going to take something special from someone so to end it. Definitely. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's just the depth. I mean, Georgia Wareham at coming at number number mm. eight um, scored a quick fires eighteen of seventeen balls, and then obviously Jess Jess Johnson is coming at number nine. So that's the kind of depth yeah. you have. So it's pretty 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 amazing what this team has achieved. And Jess Johnson is someone who bats right up the order in women's big bash cricket yeah. for the for I can't remember it was for the Brisbane Heat. The Heat she was yep, for. that's correct. Um, yeah, so and she was batting right up the order and does quite well there so it goes to show batting down at number nine new zealand credit to them they had their moments in that series but it's just the depth of the aussies how, how many different players you can turn to in times of need to perform um, yep, whether it's rachel haynes whether it's elise perry meg landing there with some runs too so and honestly one, one player that we are not seeing right now a youngster annabelle sutherland from i think she's yes. from victoria we haven't seen mm. any, anything of her this season. I think she was injured, so and she got a surprise call up for the WNCL final, and she's definitely someone to look 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 out for definitely. in the future because I think she'll she'll definitely replace someone in the squad. And the way she bats and the way she, the way she bowls because of her height and the way she, the bounce she gets every, absolutely brilliant. And, it, and yeah, she's still young. Yeah, um, she's so seventeen. I think have, she's yeah, so young. Just to have that uh, that option coming through is so good. Yeah, um, and I'm excited with the pace that's in this Australian side as well. The likes of Taylor Blaming and uh, Darcy Brown yeah. um, coming in and, and hustling the, the batters up with, with some really good pace. So there's so many different dimensions to this Australian side. There's different kinds of, of batters, but there's also different kind of bowlers. You've got the pace. You've got the skill of Jess Jonathan and, and the while of, um, of, of Georgia Wareham as well. So long may this continue from an Aussie perspective. I don't want to see it end. And it, look, as I said before, man, it's going to take something special from someone to beat them. Definitely. So now onto our final segment of the podcast, um, Ask Crip Blog, and we've received a couple of questions this week. Nash, do you want to take us away with our first question? Yep. The first question is from Karan Wadekar. Um, at current.rw and he asks the curious case of Kuldeep Yadav and that's the question we're all case. asking yep we need some of the world's highest paid detectives to work that one out that is a tough case man three years ago he's one of the elite white ball bowlers in the world yeah you couldn't imagine an Indian side without him in white ball cricket um struggling and didn't get a look in for KKR in the first game he, he, and I don't he know struggled. if got a lot of faith in him. Yeah, he struggled against England, but I think that's only because he hasn't had enough game time. He just can't get a game anywhere. And 
he even true he toured with india he toured with yeah, he toured with india in australia got a couple of games there he toured you know with india in india against england got hardly a game there yeah um, got couple but in when he in is playing court. though it is hard but when he is playing it's he's not inspiring a lot of confidence and yeah. that's the that's the difficult thing the last two rpl seasons he's only taken a very small handful of wickets yeah. across a number of games his job in a team is to take wickets. He's an attacking bowler. That's right. Um, but there's a fine line between that and going the distance. And unfortunately for him at the moment, it's it's the latter. And yeah. just hope for his sake he gets some opportunities for KKR throughout the season. As we said, it, it is a long season. That's right. And if he can perform and put in some good performances and get his confidence up, it's only good news for India. Do you see a way back for him somehow? I do. I honestly do because um, he... As you said, he has been one of the best white ball bowlers a couple of years ago, and he has done exceptionally well for India. Him and Jahal had that partnership going for a while. So I definitely do see him coming back in in the near future. I hope he comes back. Um, I I really can't see him coming back for the T20 World Cup later this year, but um, hopefully Mm -hmm. next year he, you know, goes away from the game, takes some time off, plays domestic cricket and comes back stronger. Because who knows for that team? 2023 ODI World Cup, he could be Definitely. a key figure in that. Yeah. When you consider the importance of, you know, taking wickets in the middle overs so that teams yeah. aren't as stacked for the death overs right. kind of thing. So That's right. I think India needs to sort of find a way to nurture him and make sure that his confidence doesn't get battered too much because, yeah, I think from an Australian perspective, I've seen what he's been able to do over the years and he's got some, some very, very good things about him. So, yep. Hopefully for his sake, um, he comes good. So our second question here is from Debashish Sarangi at Plum underscore in front, a regular listener of the podcast and a regular question asker. So thanks, mate. Um, is it the right time to introduce Mitchell Swepson into the test setup? At least for learning purposes, Australia will have an Indian tour in 2022. Um, very good question. Um, I think... The fact that he's been around the squad is, is very good for him. So that, that's a very positive aspect. Um, I think for the Ashes, he wouldn't get in over Lathan line just yet. In Australia, you're going to play the one spinner and they're going to go with Gary. Yeah. Next year in India, they've got uh, next year they've got India and I think they've got tours of Sri Lanka and Bangladesh as well. There'll be yeah. perfect opportunities to, to showcase Swepson there. Um, yeah. For me, but he's he, next in line. Yeah, because you also have to think about life after line. Isn't it? Yes, of course. Uh, Australia have to do that. Yeah, you, you saw that with Shane one as well, where Australia would just could not find a spinner for till Lyon showed up five years later, and you what you tried hundred spinners between there between that time. It was so, Cameron. It was Cameron. The likes of Cameron White. Yeah. After one, oh, it was tough. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have to prepare for it right now because the way Lyon has been going in, you know, against India, he could not get ten wickets and. If if he drops away in the next couple of years, then that's that's it really because you don't have any think, other off spinner in the in the ranks. Yeah, that's why I think someone like um, uh, you know Mitch Webson will be very very a very very important year for him twenty twenty two because there's a few Asia tours there for Australia, so that's where he'll really I think play a key role. I think in Australia in the Ashes, unless Lyon picks up an injury or really struggles with form, it's hard to see how he gets into the side as a starting spinner. However, it's very important to keep him in the squad. 
And in that Ashes series, there could be a possibility in the Sydney test, if they, if they want to produce a turning pitch, you can play two spinners there and get a look at Swepson in there as well. So keep him in the squad and, and try to give him opportunities where you can. So you're, you see you're dropping Mitch, you. Mitch Stark already. Who said that? I did not say that. I didn't say that. No, <laughs> I, I did not say, say that. that. Probably, oh, look, you know what? That's another discussion for another time. But if Stark's not informed, come the Ashes, yeah. it's got to be James Pattinson. But that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. We look at the stats. Um, Stark in a long series, his stats get worse progressively as they go on. Yep. So it might just be, you know, you start with him the first couple of tests and then you, you sort of bring in someone like Pattinson later on. But in terms of the spinner, Swepson is going to definitely be in and around that squad and they've got to nurture him to be the successor for line because if Australia don't, I know Australia have been mentioning that they need a plan after line and absolutely they do. Otherwise we're stuffed. So I think Swepson's next in line and spinners around the country need to continue to put their best foot forward. That's right. And yeah, absolutely. As you said, Swepson's probably the best option right now, given the form he has been in the last 12 months and up the mm. way he's going right now. I hope really, I really hope he does well in the final as well, coming up in the next couple of days. So definitely um, want to yeah, watch. Really, yep. Really looking forward to that. So that's episode four of the Quick Blog Podcast. Nash, thank you so much again, mate. Um, another good episode. Thank you to AJ Ty for his time and thank you for the to the Rajasthan Royals for the opportunity to interview him. Um, as, as I mentioned uh, during the podcast, we have a very special feature coming out later this week uh, with the Cricket District. Some, re some really good stuff in that interview. So be sure to keep an eye out for that one. Um, also be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at QuickBlogPod. Uh, you can follow myself at, at Crick underscore blog and Nash at Nash V Sent. Nash, was there anything you wanted to add before we finish off? No, just uh, all to all the listeners, keep keep listening to us and keep subscribing and keep um, giving us questions to answer. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to to what what's in store uh, over the next few months. And listeners, if you have any uh, content suggestions or things you want to see or listen to on the podcast, feel free to, to suggest those uh, on our social media channels there. Feel free to reach out. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>